Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What's up, you guys? Carl Story here for Fightful.com, Fightful Wrestling, Fightful MMA. Here with the latest on the world of boxing. New Fightful Boxing Newsletter is out already. You can check it out at the front page of Fightful.com, which just released about an hour ago from recording. I'm Carl Story of Fightful.com, lead boxing reporter. Uh, for those who don't know, we are, I guess, relaunching the fightful.com podcast or i guess re yeah relaunching i guess would be the correct term for this we done a fightful boxing podcast in the past myself and steven muehlhausen uh but now we are i guess rebranding kind of we are in the uh beginning stages of this new uh or i guess new take on on an old thing that we've done in the past and we're doing this every other thursday uh same day as all, every Fightful Boxing newsletter is up and published. And you can read it at the front page of Fightful.com. You can follow me on Twitter at CarlsToro360. And without more, further ado, let's get uh, to it. Uh, if you guys want to leave a a question in the comment section, uh, in, well, just about on anything boxing really doesn't have to be on about the newsletter. Uh, we, I can certainly answer those questions, but uh, yeah. So let's start with the biggest news in boxing. I, I think in quite some time. Um, for those, for people who thought boxing was dead or there is no money to be made for a boxer, you are so so wrong right now. Canelo Alvarez signing literally the biggest contract in the history of pro sports for an athlete 
five years, 11 fights, $365 million. That is the length and value of the contract Canelo Alvarez has signed with the DAZN streaming app, which launched in the United States uh, just last month. He, the contract will now sign uh, start uh, December 15th at Madison Square Garden when Canelo Alvarez faces off against WBA regular super middleweight champion Rocky Fielding. And boy, I, I got to say, did this key matter left field, not the fact that Canelo Alvarez is going to be fighting on the zone. I think based on the fact that he's fighting a matchroom boxing fighter and matchroom boxing does have an existing relationship with Eddie, uh, with the zone because of the whole eight year, $1 billion contract that was revealed uh, back in May. And, and I was part of the inaugural press conference, or I guess the inaugural event they held in New York. And you can read that uh, in Fightful.com where I talk with the likes of Michael Buffer, who is now the exclusive uh, ring announcer for these Matchroom Boxing USA shows on The Zone. Uh, I've spoken to John Skipper, who was instrumental in getting this deal done. So, so here's what happened. So... This all started uh, pretty much immediately after September 15th. Canelo Alvarez beating Gennady Golovkin. He's become the biggest star in the sport, unquestionably. You can make an argument maybe for Anthony Joshua just because of how big he is in Europe. But I think by all metrics or by most metrics, Canelo Alvarez is the biggest star out there in the sport of boxing. And... You know, especially with the win over Gennady Golovkin, a pay-per-view that did at least a million buys. Reports are saying 1.3 million or 1.1 million, somewhere in that ballpark, 1.1 to 1.3 million buys. You know, uh, but his contract had expired or or more or less had had already expired with HBO, who was uh, handling pay-per-view duties for Canelo's fight against Gennady Golovkin. it expired. He immediately became the free agent that everyone wanted from Fox to Showtime to ESPN to DAZN and, you know, who knows, maybe other platforms. But the problem was, for at least from the HBO front, was that they weeks later, they shut down or a little more than a week after that pay-per-view, HBO uh, announced that it will no longer do regular boxing broadcasts starting in 2019. So now it was essentially a free-for-all for for, for Canelo Alvarez and all the other fighters that had contracts with the HBO, talking about Gennady Golovkin, his deal also expired. Sergey Kovalev, who has been one of the bigger... Uh, one of the bigger stars for HBO of the last six, seven years, especially with all the great fights he's had, the pay-per-views he's headlined, uh, you know, the battles against uh, Bernard Hopkins uh, on HBO. I remember I was there in Atlantic City when Kovalev really, really made a name for, uh, name for himself when he beat Bernard Hopkins. Uh, the fights against Andre Ward, you know, you know Kovalev, and plenty of other, the super flyways like Shisuke Sorung Visai, those deals, you know, they those guys have now become free agents. And Canelo Alvarez was the biggest free agent of them all. And so John Skipper, who 
was hired by Perform Group, the media company that owns the, the Zone streaming service. John Skipper was put in there, uh, was hired to sort of help lead this U.S. expansion. They had, they're already done, uh, they're already done the Zone in Japan and Canada and Germany. And based on what the uh, people from Perform has told me, has done extremely well in terms of in terms of subscriptions and the revenue made uh for those who don't know what the zone is uh the zone is kind of this it is this streaming service that is heavily that's completely uh about sports they've i remember they've likened it to netflix it is kind of like the netflix of sports obviously with uh but with you know live airings of events uh and, and the zone and in Canada or in Japan, they have the rights to a lot of sports like football, uh, Major League Baseball, uh, soccer, uh, lots of different sports. So they expanded into the U.S. and the big grab was boxing. Uh, and back in May, they announced that they're going to be doing uh, 16 U.S. shows uh, from Matchroom Boxing along with plenty of others. On an eight-year, one billion dollar uh, contract with Matchroom Boxing, was I guess you could call them the biggest, or at least one of the two biggest British boxing promotional companies out there in the world, and really let's and really it kind of started this this change, or I guess it really started this war between all these other networks and all these other streaming options as to. What would be uh, who would be the the supreme ruler, the number one in the land of the United States? And you know, HBO for forty five years they've had the strong the, a strong hold on that on the boxing market. But with HBO no longer around, it's now become a free for all between Showtime with its relationship with Premier Boxing Champions. Same with Fox; they both. Networks signed long-term deals to show PBC boxing uh, on their respective networks for years to come. You got ESPN. They had their, you know, successful relationship, I would say, thus far with Top Rank Boxing. Top Rank has, you know, arguably the two biggest pound-for-pound stars in the sport in Vasily Lomachenko and Terrence Crawford. But now you have the zone with Matron Boxing and now Golden Boy Promotions because not only is Canelo moving on to, to the zone, the entire Golden Boy cast uh, roster is going to Golden Boy uh, to the zone. So you're talking about guys like Jorge Linares, Joseph Diaz Jr., Ryan Garcia, Virgil Ortiz, Diego De La Hoya, uh, Ray Vargas, uh, uh, David Lemieux. All those guys, they are moving jumping ship from hbo to the zone and that is a really really big game changer because now you're talking about not just the biggest star in boxing but one of the i guess you say better rosters for a promotional company in the u.s coming to the zone so now you have matchroom boxing you have the british guy and you have the people associated with matchroom boxing that don't necessarily have deals with the, uh, that don't necessarily are exclusively signed to matchroom boxing. You have guys like uh, Maurice Hooker, the WBO 
junior welterweight champion who, you know, who signed on to be a part of matron boxing and have his fights being shown on the zone. Uh, Alexander Usyk, who is the undisputed cruiserweight champion, he's also going to be fighting on the zone. His next fight against Tony Bellew uh, later this year, next month, I believe, is going to be on the zone. That should be a pretty good scrap. And now you have the matron boxing USA uh, roster, which includes, I guess, which is uh, the two biggest names are Demetrius Andrade and Daniel Jacobs, both of them fighting for a middleweight title uh, on October 20 and October 27. Andrade this Saturday against uh, Walter Calton Dokwa for the WBO middleweight title. And you got Daniel Jacobs fighting for the IBF title uh, on October 27 in Madison Square Garden. So now we are entering this, I guess, much in the same breath as WWF and WCW kind of had their own network wars for ratings supremacy in professional wrestling in the 1990s. It was dubbed by WWE a few years ago, the Monday Night War, because of the constant battle between the two shows uh, for WWF and WCW uh, happening on Monday nights. I guess you can really start dubbing this the Saturday Night Wars between The Zone, ESPN, and Fox, and Showtime. And this is going to be really, really big for boxing. Because now it's a message to all the other networks and to really the fans at large saying The Zone is not going to be some sort of passing fad. It's not going to be this thing that Many, many people, and I cannot tell you how many people had already uh, written the eulogy of the zone, really highly unfairly, when they were just coming out. And in, in, and some people thought, well, where's the big American star? Eddie Hearn, Matt promised us a big American star uh, for the zone. Where is it? He wasn't getting Deontay Wilder. He wasn't getting Mikey Garcia. He wasn't getting the Charlo Twins. But he did get the big name out there. Or at least not Eddie Hearn uh, specifically. But The Zone got the biggest name out there in Canelo Alvarez. It is a clear message to all the other networks that The Zone is here to stay. The Zone is a player. And really... You know, streaming is going to be the future of this. I mean, of course, television will always have a, a future in uh, in fighting and broadcasting boxing events. Obviously, you can't, you know, completely disregard ESPN and Fox and Showtime because they're just as important in keeping boxing alive and growing boxing in ways that online streaming still cannot, uh, still cannot in this day and age. It does, you know, online streaming does not create new fans in just about anything because you still need something, uh, something very easily accessible to, for fans to sort of latch on to and then and first become fans. And then you can maybe think about some of these other methods, uh, such as online streaming. And that's where television plays a very, very big role in. They help keep boxing alive. It's the easiest form of media, I guess, in some regards, 
for fans or for potential new fans to sort of watch and kind of latch on and become uh, fans of the sport and then potentially get the zone. So now you have Canelo Alvarez, and this deal is absolutely gargantuan. I mean, just $365 million. Just Just to give you an idea. The largest contract in Major League Baseball right now, and among the four professional sports, uh, in the United States, MLB, NFL, NBA, and NHL, the largest contract between those four leagues are is the 13-year, $325 million uh, contract for New York Yankees uh, slugger Giancarlo Stanton. And Canelo Alvarez is less than half of that, less than half, uh, in terms of contract years, it's less than half than Stanton's 13 years versus five years. He's gonna, uh, and it's actually, and Canelo Alvarez is actually higher. So Canelo Alvarez isn't just making more money per year, he essentially is making bank every, every year, every day, actually. Um, I actually was making tech calculations, so 200, so. If we were to divide the $365 million in the five years, and we're just going to get split that up per day, Canelo Alvarez is making $200,000 a day. You have any idea how much? It's almost insurmountable. You're, like, you're looking at guys. I've, I've seen purses for guys. Competing in main events on HBO on Showtime make less in that main event. They can all Alvarez is getting that getting that per day. It's absolutely incredible. And really, it's amazing how the sport has kind of evolved to the point where this con- this kind of contract is coming. It's incredible, you know, and you know, good for Canelo getting paid. He is the biggest star of the sport. And in some respects, he really should be getting paid as the biggest star of the sport. And this is the kind of news that will attract other fighters to the zone. This is the kind of news that will get people talking. It's got social media talking, uh, you know, so much just on the contract alone. Now imagine when Canelo Alvarez actually steps into the ring on December 15th against Rocky Fielding and actually wins. That's going to be huge for boxing. Good on the zone for making this possible. And the zone with the World Boxing Super Series and the matchroom cards, and now with the Golden Boy boxing cards, which according to the deal is going to be uh, 10 yearly cards starting early 2019. That's for $10 a month. That is a huge, huge deal for boxing fans. I, I think it's maybe arguably the biggest, uh, the best deal you can get for a boxing fan here in the U.S. Uh, thank you so much to Adam Pearson, uh, who in the chat asked, do you think Amir Khan versus Kilbrook will ever happen? That's an interesting question. And man, you know, I think, you know, I think it will. I don't think it's going to happen. It's not going to happen this year. Um, if anything, I can see this happening. Maybe spring 2019 or actually, no, I would say this could happen either March 2019, because they don't want to take away too much attention from, 
the Wembley show on April 13, 2019. That that is Matchroom's big, big event for 2019. They don't want to make the Amir Khan fight against Kelp Brook, which had been it's – it's a rivalry that's been brewing for years. They don't, I'm sure they don't want to have that fight be so close to the Anthony Joshua fight. You know, if I were to make a guess, I'd say if they, if that fight were to happen, I said it's going to happen in the summer. Uh, it's not. I don't think it's going to happen for a while. I think it's going to happen summer 2019. And really, you know, this was a fight that should have been made a long time ago. And, you know, obviously fans in the UK, they're going to be uh, paying a lot of attention to this fight if it ever does happen. Because these are two legitimate stars in the UK, Amir Khan and Kel Brook. Uh, this would have been a, a really attractive fight in the U.S. also a couple of years ago. But with Amir Khan still, you know, I guess in the midst of his comeback, he's, you know, wins against Phil LoGreco and Samuel Vargas. As impressive as that knockout over Phil Greco was, it's still not going to be – it's not enough that's going to immediately get fans in the U.S. to pay attention to Amir Khan. And Kel Brook, um, you know – Last time U.S. fans got a real good look at uh, at Kell Brook, it was when he lost the IBF welterweight title to Errol Spence last year. So, I mean, I personally would love to see that fight, but, you know, as time passes on and passes on, you know, kind of, I guess my interest level or my excitement level for this fight kind of keeps weighing down. It's going down because this was, you know, they, they kept they keep talking about making this happen. And now, just when it seemed like there was actual legitimate progress being made on the fight being ha- um, becoming a reality, Amir Konski is saying that, listen, we're going to do this at 147. We're going to have a 10-pound rehydration clause for the day of the fight. And, and Kel Brook can say, no, 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 you don't make the demands. You don't make demands like that. So really, it's it's... I'd say the fight is currently in limbo, but I'm remaining optimistic it happens next summer. Uh, again, I don't think they're going to make with Amir Khan looking like he may fight again before the fight uh, the year ends or either Amir or Kel fight before the year ends. I don't think they want to do that fight in March, in March, early April, when you have the... Anthony Joshua fight at Wembley Stadium. They don't want to take take away too much from that fight. Uh, and putting it and putting that that fight close to the Anthony Joshua fight would take away from from the Amir Khan fight because everybody's going to be paying attention to the Anthony Joshua fight, not the Kell Brook versus Amir Khan fight. So I hope it happens, but I think it's going to happen in in the summer. I guess that's my prediction. Um, so speaking on another British boxing star, uh, Billy Joe Saunders, uh, he vacated the WBO middleweight title in the midst of him uh, failing a drug test for oxylofrine. There's a banned substance uh, that Billy Joe Saunders tested positive for some time ago. Uh, the Massachusetts State Athletic Commission rejected Saunders' uh, request for a boxing license uh, for his October 20 defense against Demetrius Andrade. And now Andrade, well, he was left without an opponent. 
uh, and Matchroom Boxing kind of found the number two ranked uh, middleweight, I believe, in the WBO rankings in Walter Kautondokwa. So that's going to be the new main event. Originally, that was supposed to be for the interim title, while the WBO was kind of uh, going through an appeals process with Billy Joe Saunders. Saunders was, you know, it was initially thought Saunders was going to try to convince the WBO that he was going to, that he deserves to keep the title because while, yes, he failed the drug test, the specific substance that he tested positive for, oxylofrine, uh, was only banned by VADA out of competition, I mean, in competition. And we are in the out of competition period, which is, you know, before, I guess, a day or two before the actual fight. So in reality, Saunders, I guess, technically by the letter of the law, didn't cheat or at least didn't do anything illegal because it's not banned at the time of the positive test. It, it would have been illegal had he taken it the day before the fight, the day after the fight, but he didn't. Um, and now, you know, the Saunders felt he was wrongly punished because, again, because VADA, because VADA recognizes as an illegal substance but uh, in competition. And Saunders was extremely frustrated with the Massachusetts Athletic Commission denying him the license. And so he vacated the belt because he wants to clear his name. Uh, he's actually even stated in the statement that he was thinking about putting, um, you know, going to the Supreme Court for this. Now, I don't know how legitimate that is. I don't know if that's, you know, Saunders trying to make a power move in the Massachusetts uh, Commission. Uh, and the WBO who uh, are looking to potentially suspend Saunders for six months. And really, in a way, while I guess from a technical, from a legal standpoint, I guess Saunders does have a point. But in, a more, but in my personal opinion, from a morality standpoint, this kind of was the way to go. While Saunders was unfortunate, and was unfortunate to have tested positive. He claimed it came from nasal spray, although I don't know how valid of an excuse na- uh, the nasal spray is. His levels for oxalofrine, from what I could call, from what I can tell, are not exaggerately high. They're not that much. Uh, they're not that high. It's only not. It's only just a bit more than what the allowed amount of oxalofrine in your system uh, is by uh, defined by VADA. So, you know, but listen, I think if you really want to crack down on, I guess, boxes taking illegal substances, whether or not be intentional or not, whether it be from a banned substance or not, you, you have to find a way to clean up the sport. And, you know, this year has kind of been a... Uh, the sport has kind of shifted its focus more onto illegal substances because of Canel Alvarez testing positive for clenbuterol uh, back in February, which which postponed that Gennady Golovkin rematch to later this year, uh, from May to September 15, I should say. And really, you know, I think it's a clear message that, you know, people, the boxers should be more aware of what of what they're taking any supplement uh, they're taking doesn't need to be something for weight loss doesn't need to be like a protein shake or whatever nasal spray 
you have to pay attention to that. We live in this day and age where you have where you have to be aware of all your surroundings, not just in what you do, not just in what you say, but also what you take. Because really, a lot of people are going to be paying attention to you. Billy Saunders, you are a you are a big name in the United Kingdom. You are un, undoubtedly one of the best middleweights in the world. I don't think anyone can take that away from Bill Joe Saunders, even though he's no longer a world champion. But, you know, Saunders in the last year or so has kind of been, turned into a bit of a loose cannon. Uh, when you look at, you know, this came immediately right after Saunders uh, posted that uh, that video was released of him just, uh, I guess, bothering or I guess taunting that uh, that that woman who appeared to be a, a drug addict and, would, and Saunders was just, Offering crack, offering drugs, offering, you know, stuff that you shouldn't be offering for for doing these ludicrous things such as doing sexual favors to your friends, to slapping random strangers because you tell you trick them into calling them uh, into saying that they're a pedophile. That that kind of behavior is unacceptable. It's disgusting. Now, you know, you're talking about the in in ring. Listen, I don't know when we'll when we'll see Saunders back. We might not see him back for uh for the remainder of 2018. We might not see him back until spring 2019, which would make it potentially almost 18 months since his last uh, title defense against David Lemieux. So, man, I, I you know Billy Joe Saunders. I guess he really lost a lot of faith in the boxing community because of the video, because he would con- because of the constant canceled title defenses throughout the years, whether it be his fault or not. And now the Oxlade-Chamberlain situation, I gotta say, you know, Saunders is gonna have to do quite a bit of work in terms of rebuilding his brand, rebuilding his image. Because as charismatic as he is, as in certain ways, as fun as he is to watch, not just in the ring, but out of the ring, the behavior that he's exhibited in the last few weeks is kind of unacceptable in my opinion. It's not cool. It's not what what is what should be expected of a middleweight world champion, of a boxing world champion for that matter. Uh See Phoenix on on the live chat saying eleven fight three hundred sixty five million minimum contract for Canelo. Holy cow! Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, funny, funny you mentioned that. So yesterday when uh, I got the when I read how much the amount was, I immediately like woke up and just immediately sprang up from my bed so much so hard that I actually suffered from whiplash on my neck and it actually kind of hurt my neck just from how bad, uh, how hard I woke myself up uh, when I heard how much, um, you know, they, they, and then by the way, for those of you that are curious or are confused, it is an 11 fight uh, deal, not a 10 fight deal as some uh, news outlets are reporting. Uh, so it's 11 fights and it's starting with the December 15 fight at Madison Square Garden against Rocky Fielding. Oh, now kind of moving on to, I guess, previewing a really busy weekend we have in boxing. We have three boxing cards. Uh, real quickly, before we uh, sign off, 
Uh, first, you got the Ryota Murata versus Rob Brand fight versus uh, ESPN Plus card in Las Vegas on October 20th, Saturday. Uh, that's going to be a really, really, I think it's going to be a pretty fun fight. Rob Brand's not exactly a world beater by any by any stretch of the imagination, but I think Rob Brand's going to be a bit a better challenge than uh, past this prime European champion Emmanuel. Uh, Blandamora uh, against Ryota Murata. Murata has so much at stake nowadays with this fight because he's not just defending his WBA a regular middleweight champion, but he also has a fight against uh, Triple G at stake for early for 2019. Uh, Tom Lawler recently spoke with ESPN and said, "Hey, if Ryota Murata wins on Saturday." He's the front runner to get that Triple G fight. And I think uh, I speak for a lot of, I guess, semi-hardcore fans that actually is following this Ryota uh, Murata, uh, who is this absolute megastar in Japan. We all want to see Gennady Golovkin versus Ryota Murata. Not just that fight, but have that fight take place at Tokyo Dome, which would be the first boxing fight at the venue since the Mike Tyson upset loss. To Buster Douglas in 1990. That's how long it's been since the Tokyo Dome has had a boxing event. So, really, if you you know, it's kind of low on the priority list to watch, but it is important to follow because whatever because the result of this fight could impact Gennady Golovkin's fight future. And I'm telling you, and I'm telling you, Ryota Murata is a damn good fighter. Really entertaining to watch. Kind of under the radar amongst the middleweight elite, but if you but if the, he can get that fight against Gennady Golovkin for the Tokyo Dome, that's going to be absolutely huge for the sport. It's going to be one of the biggest and most exciting events in boxing in 2019, and perhaps in quite some time. So I say, pay attention to to that uh, card. And real quickly, uh, WB World Boxing Super Series, third weekend of the new season, this time taking place at Orlando, Florida, at the CFE Arena. Main event is going to be uh, Emmanuel Rodriguez defending his IBF Bantamweight title in a Bantamweight tournament quarterfinal fight against Jason Maloney. Fun fight, fun fight. Uh, Emmanuel Rodriguez won the title earlier this year against... Paul Butler, the title was vacated by Ryan Burnett, who elected to keep his WBA uh, super, uh, I guess the super version of the Bantamweight title. Not the super Bantamweight title, the super version of the Bantamweight title. And now, you know, he's facing against a tough Australian and Jason Maloney. Uh, I've spoken to him uh, uh, last month, I would say. Yeah, about a month ago. Uh, And you can read about uh, that talk uh, on facing Emmanuel Rodriguez on representing Australia in the World Boxing Super Series uh, at FIFA.com. You can go to the boxing section, uh, click on the exclusive tab, and you can see the interviews with, and you can read about my interview with Jason Maloney. Uh, shout outs to Tony Tolge, his manager who helped facilitate this, not just uh, interviews with Jason, but his twin brother, Andrew Maloney, who is a Top contender for a super flyweight title. Uh, fun fight, uh, as I mentioned. Uh, Menno Rodriguez, a really good body puncher. 
you know, I think arguably you can make a case as a top three body puncher and 122 pounds alongside with Naoya Inoue and maybe Solani Tete or, or Ryan Burnett. Really, this it's, it's pick your poison. And Rodriguez kind of in, out of nowhere became this Puerto Rican star with that world title win. And really, Emmanuel Rodriguez, he has a tough first title defense against Jason Maloney. Uh, Maloney's coming off the win against Kohei Kono, who is no, t- who is definitely a tough out. He is no slouch. Kohei Kono, uh, one of the better Japanese fighters in the last five, uh, five ten years, uh, and, and one fairly, uh, you know, fairly convincingly. So I would say I would pay attention to that fight, and as well as the co-main event. Which is a cruiserweight quarterfinal fight between uh, Junior Dorticos versus Matus Masternak. This fight's going to be fireworks, <laughs> uh, to put it bluntly. Dorticos has been known to give exciting fights, highlight real knockouts, uh, fight of the year contenders, especially the one he had with Muragastiev earlier this year. Uh, but he has a tough, uh, another tough fight with Matthews Masternak. And Masternak, he's always been a kind of a borderline top 15, top 10 crews away for a long, long time. But Masternak has never really quite been able to get to this level, to the high level of cruiserweights. He's always kind of remained at this level and just barely, you know, trying so hard to get here, but can just could not. At various points in his career, the fights against Tony Bellew, the fights against Grigory Drost, he was never able to beat those guys and really cement himself as a true world-class cruiserweight. Does he have the capabilities? Does he have the potential? Absolutely. But But he has to get that signature win, and he doesn't have that at this point in his career. Uh, I think 45 fights in or something like that, doesn't have that signature win. And beating Dorticos would be that signature win because while it is not for a title, a win over Dorticos would certainly put Masternak in the running for a title shot, even if he doesn't win the World Boxing Super Series. And whoever wins the World Boxing Super Series should be the immediate challenger for uh, Alexander Usyk's Cruiserweight titles. They, They absolutely should. Um, I guess after Denis Lebedev gets his uh, old shot at the undisputed cruiserweight titles. So those are your two World Boxing Super Series fights. Uh, but before we uh, head off, the match from boxing car for this Saturday in Boston. Uh, really, really big, really fun card. Another, uh, another card on the zone that's going to be a... World title triple header. Uh, you know, last last time the card was a match from boxing was in Chicago for a zone only event. There were also three world titles, I believe, three title fights in that card, and that was really really fun. That and it was one of the more solid boxing cards of the year. And for this go around, we have Demetrius Andrade versus Walter. Kauton uh, Dokwa, as uh, previously mentioned, for the vacant WBO middleweight title. You got Tevin Farmer making his first title defense 
of the IBF Super Featherweight belt against James Tennyson. And you got Katie Taylor defending her unified WBA and IBF women's lightweight titles against Cindy Serrano, the sister, uh, the sister of Amanda Serrano, who is, you know, as previously uh, as previously stated on this podcast, or at least by me on social media, the only woman in history to win a world title in six different weight classes, which is impressive. Without a doubt, it is Pacquiao levels of amazing. Uh, and Serrano is now making her her rounds as an MMA fighter, kind of putting boxing on the back burner to focus on MMA. And now you have her sister, who is also a former world champion, her own right, fighting against Katie Taylor, who you know is arguably a top three uh, women's pound for pound boxer. And in such a short time, she's only had ten pro fights, and she already has made her presence felt in the women's lightweight division by winning two world titles in just a few fights into her career. So that'll be another. All these fights. They, they were very fun in paper. Uh, if I were to want to make quick predictions, I'd say Demetrius Andrade wins the WBO title by late round stoppage uh, in a really fun fight. I think Calton Doku is going to give Andrade some trouble. Calton Doku does possess a lot of power. I think he's going to give Andrade uh, a lot of trouble before Andrade wins via late round stoppage. Uh, I say Tim Farmer. I think he cruises to a a uh, relatively easy decision victory. And, and Katie Taylor, not really known for knockout power. I think she's going to, her fight against Cindy Serrano is going to go the distance. Uh, I think it's going to be a somewhat close decision. Cindy Serrano is no tough, uh, is certainly a tough customer, a tough fighter, arguably the toughest fighter uh, Taylor has faced so far. Uh, but I think Taylor's going to come out on top with a close decision win uh other fight other fighters uh announced for the card you got kid galahad versus toka khan clary uh tommy cole versus ryan uh Kilshusky. uh i hope i'm pronouncing that correctly uh you got mark deluca scott quig sean mccoe plenty of other fighters uh on that card i believe it's starting at 4 p.m eastern on saturday you can check that card out on the zone if you're in canada or in the u.s uh, and I think that about wraps it up for this edition of the FIFA Boxing Podcast. Again, this is not really my my usual podcast uh, spot where I do this, but I but we had some electrical problems uh, where I normally do the podcast, as is the case with uh, the situation here in Puerto Rico post Hurricane Maria from 2017. But uh, uh, hopefully, this podcast. Uh, hopefully you were able to watch and listen to this podcast without much trouble or without much issue, without much audio and visual issues. Let me know in the comments. Let me know on Call of Story 360 what you think of this podcast. What do you think of Canelo Alvarez making this huge deal with The Zone, $365 million for the next five years and 11 fights? Uh, what do you think of Billy Joe Saunders vacating his middleweight title? Should he have been given... Uh, a chance to keep his title should he have been licensed by the Massachusetts State Athletic Commissions. What do you think of the World Boxing Super Series right now in this second season? I think it's going really, really well. You got now Yanue making making waves with 
72nd knockout victories. You got Zawani Tete advancing. Uh, you got uh, Kyle Relic. You got Andrew Tabidi winning their respective fights to advance to the semifinals. Uh, what about Matchroom Boxing? What do you think of Matchroom Boxing's current expansion into the United States territory? Uh, you let me know on, on Carlos. But again, my Twitter handle is Carlos Toro 360. That's Carlos uh, T O R O 360 uh, on Twitter. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for those who uh, participated in the live chat. And I will see you uh, next time. Carlos Toro for Fightful.com. Fightful Boxing Newsletter. You can check it out on the front page of Fightful.com. And I am signing out. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.